1: Oh wow, you're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E! Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. See? It's soft. Smooth ends, no flyaways, shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E! Secret Weapon, only from John Frieda.
2: and welcome into the rotowire dfs podcast for friday april 8th we got a full slate of MLB Games to talk about today. It's your host, James Seltzer. You can follow me on Twitter at Seltzer 975 And we have Benny Ricciardi, my co-host, back in the co-host chair again today. Follow him on Twitter at Benny Ricciardi. Benny, what's going on, brother?
3: Yeah, not too much. Uh, you know, just watching some of these late games that we have going on for uh, MLB today and, you know, kind of getting my research done for our stuff
2: for tomorrow. I love it, man. You're always working, Benny. You don't mess around. Yeah, pretty
3: much. I mean, I you know, I'm a busy guy, so I, I got three kids as well. So between, you know, work and the kids, that pretty much fills up my days.
2: Wow. Amen, brother. More power to you. Very impressive. Uh, all right. So, Benny, we got to may as well get to it because we've got a full slate of games today. And and unlike yesterday with the um, terrible pitching game, uh, uh, card that we had yesterday there's there's a few better pitchers on the hill today but we've also got some some terrible ones as well to key off on and uh in dfs so uh let's run through the games real quick uh we're gonna have four day games two one o'clock or one ten starts and two four ten starts uh the two one ten starts uh new york yankees head to detroit to take on uh The Tigers, Uh, Jordan Zimmerman getting his first start since getting that big contract, going up against Luis Severino, of course, the uh, talented prospect who uh, looked good in a short stint last year. Uh, Sticking with New York, actually in New York, the Philadelphia Phillies head into New York, uh, coming off a sweep by the Reds. Uh, it is J. Uh, excuse me, Jared Eichoff, uh, who looked decent last year as well against Jared. de excuse me, against Jacob Degrom. I think we all know who we like in that matchup. Uh, Cleveland, the Indians, head to Chicago to take on the White Sox. Cody Anderson versus John Danks, a lefty on the hill there. San Diego heads to Colorado. San Diego, of course, not scored a run yet this season. Figure that likely will change in Colorado. Colin Ray taking on Jordan Lyles in a matchup of righties there. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays head to Baltimore, Chris Archer versus Chris Tillman. Boston heads to Toronto. Rick Porcello taking on Marcus Stroman. The Pirates head to Cincinnati to take on those 3-0 Reds. Who saw that coming? Uh, Francisco Liriano taking on Alfredo Simon. St. Louis uh, heads to Atlanta to take on the Braves. Jaime Garcia versus Matt Whistler. Uh, those are all 7.05 to 7.35 starts. And then we get in the 8-10 games. Uh, Houston heading to the Brewers. Scott Feldman versus Chase Anderson at 815. We have Irvin Santana versus Yordano Ventura. Uh, then at 940, the Cubbies head to Arizona. Jason Hamill versus Robbie Ray. Uh, and then at 1005, the Rangers in Anaheim taking on the Angels. A.J. Griffin versus Matt Shoemaker. Oakland heads Seattle at ten ten. Eric Camp versus Taiwan Walker, and we round out the night at ten fifteen with those Los Angeles Dodgers heading into San Francisco. Ross Stripling taking on Matt Kane. Benny, a, a lot of stuff to to look at here. A lot of action. Let's jump right in and and try and rail through these as quick as we can. We'll get to the pitching at the end, but let's start with some hitting. Uh, Let's start with that uh, American League matchup at the top of the day to start it off. Uh, Yankees heading to Detroit, Severino versus Zimmerman. Who stands out to you there?
3: You know, to be honest, I kind of like both of these pitchers a little bit in this game. Not enough that I want to really roll either one of them out there, but I like them both enough where I'm not really targeting a lot of bats here. You know, Severino, like you said, came up last year, and he looked really, really good. So, you know, I know that Detroit is a a pretty formidable offense, and that's the thing. When you have a good pitcher going up against a good offense, you know, sometimes they kind of cancel each other out. So, like I said, it's not like I want to roll Severino or Zimmerman out there. But I don't think I really want to take any bats going up against either one of these guys either. On a 14-game slate, there are some much softer spots that I'd rather attack, um, both with my pitchers going up against weak lineups and you know the hitters going up against weak pitchers. So in a, in a matchup like this where it's kind of 50-50 on both sides – this is one of those games where I don't think I have any exposure to it or anybody that I want on either one of these teams.
2: I feel the exact same way. I like both pitchers. not like you know, I don't like them enough, I don't think, for where they'll be priced to take them in the matchup. Uh, and really no hitters stand out because of that as well. So I feel the same way. Uh, there are some hitters I like in this next matchup, though, at the Philadelphia Phillies heading into the New York to take on the Mets. Phillies coming off a, an ugly three game sweep of the Red by the Reds. Um, who do you like in this one?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I you know this is the opposite of the other game. I love Jacob Degrom here. I think that this Philly lineup is a little bit weak,
2: a lot weak. I think we could say.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So I mean. DeGrom to me, he's a stud. He just had uh, you know, a kid, which is the only reason why he's hasn't pitched until the fourth game or whatever they're in right now. But I think he handles this Phillies lineup fine. So really there's not anybody on the Phillies side I'm looking at. On the Mets side though, I agree with you. You know, Ike Goff is a is a young pitcher. His numbers don't look that great from, you know, what limited numbers we do have so I don't want to draw too many conclusions from it but I definitely like pretty much the entire Mets lineup I mean Granderson to me is in play I want to go with the lefties so like guys like Granderson and Duda uh Neil Walker but I mean even the right-handed bats you know Cespedes is a guy who hits righty on righty very very well I think his numbers are actually even better in righty on righty than they are in you know reverse splits righty against lefty and then um You know, even David Wright, if he's going to be sitting up in that two hole right there, you know, in between all the names that we mentioned, like Granderson and Duda and Walker, you know, I think the whole top five of that uh, Mets lineup are interesting and, you know, a a team I would stack and guys that I definitely want exposure to.
2: Yeah, same. I'm stacking the Mets. I'm playing DeGrom. Uh, You know, I think he'll probably be, if not the most expensive pitcher on the board right there, um, you know, with Archer. So. Uh, I, but even then, I think he's a guy you pay up for. Again, this Phillies lineup is, is a train wreck. It's really, really bad. Uh, so I love DeGrom and all the guys you mentioned, especially the lefties. I, I like the lefties a lot due to Granderson and, uh, and Michael Conforto oh, yeah, as good well. Call. Uh, nice little play there as well. Great, great patience, great eye. I like that kid a lot. Uh, all right, let's uh, head to the 410 games, a little AL Central battle. The Cleveland Indians head into U.S. Cellular Field to take on the White Sox. Cody Anderson versus the lefty John Danks. Gotta like some hitting in this game, right, Benny?
3: Yeah, well, actually, I think there's a change here. Um the Cleveland and Boston game got rained out today, I think Salazar is going to be on the mound. Uh, that's a great,
2: great point. That is a great point. Okay. I'm not
3: 100% sure of it, so make sure you guys look at it when the, when the games come out because I know they have Anderson listed you know, basically everywhere as the starter, but because the game is rained out today, I think that um, the manager said that he's throwing Salazar tomorrow just moving everybody back a day in the rotation.
2: Which would make sense, and and that would definitely change some things from the other side of the plate as well.
3: Yeah, no, that would actually change quite a bit if Salazar is um, the guy going up there. I mean, he was very good last year, 232 to left-handed batters, uh, 220 batting average to right-handed batters, basically had like a 110 whip to everybody. He gave up a decent amount of home runs. He did give up 15 home runs and 88 innings pitched. So, I mean, I think the only guys you would want to look at would be left-handed power bats. But if you look at that Chicago team, they don't have any left-handed power bats. Yeah. You know, the two guys they have that hit right-handed pitching well – You know, Adam Eaton had about a 360 woba, but he doesn't have a lot of power. So, you know, you get a couple singles, maybe a double and a stolen base or a run scored is about the height of his upside. Uh, Jose Abreu does hit well in righty on righty matchups, but again, there's so many softer spots here. I don't really want to take guys if it's going to be Salazar. If it's going to be Cody Anderson, that's a completely different story. But now that we know it's Salazar, I think most of these White Sox are off the table for me.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm not going anywhere near the White Sox if it's Salazar. Uh, on the flip side, couple Indians I do like going up against Danks. Danks has struggled against right-handed hitters, especially 353 Woba allowed last year there. Uh, Carlos Santana looks pretty good so far this season, obviously very small sample size, but uh, 367 career Woba versus righties uh, seems to be in a bit of a groove. I like Santana a little bit. And as a cheaper option, I like a lot is Mike Napoli, Uh, you know, hit that big home run a couple days ago, looks all right, is healthy. Uh, Career 393 versus lefties, a Woba, so uh, batting cleanup as well against lefties. So I I think there's some upside there.
3: Yeah, I mean, you even have, you know, guys like Jan Gomes has a cheaper catching option. He's got a little bit of power, hits left-handed pitching well. And, I mean, Danks is not good. So, you know, you can basically look at any right-handed bat going up against Danks, and they're probably in a good spot. You know, honestly, the only guy who I really don't like in this Cleveland order is probably Kipnis, who's probably their best player. Um, but just because of the lefty-lefty matchup, Banks is a lot tougher on lefties than he is on righties. So righties have teed off on him last year. I think any righty that you want to roll out there, you know, even a guy like Marlon Bird, who hits like 6th or 7th in that order, you know, has always crushed uh, left-handed pitching. So any of the right-handed bats on Cleveland, I think, are in play.
2: Yeah, good point. Adding to the Kipnis thing, too, Kipnis significantly worse against left-handed pitchers as well. Struggle with that his whole career. Um, yeah, great point, Francisco Lindor. Another name, obviously, might be a little overpriced, but a 387 WOBA versus lefties last year, so definitely some goodness in that Indians lineup. Let's round out the day slate with the 410 game out in Colorado. Our first Coors Field action of the year, Benny. I'm excited. Uh, Padres, Colin Ray against Jordan Lyles. So we got two pretty eh, pitchers there as well. Who are you like in this one?
3: It's Coors Field. You play everybody. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to get technical about it, I mean, you got two right-handers on the mound, so you probably want to look more towards the lefties, but neither one of these guys is good. Their numbers are bad against righties, their numbers are bad against lefties, and it's Coors Field. Coors Field, for those of you who are new to DFS or baseball in general, is the is the ballpark that yields the most hits, the most runs. It does not yield the most home runs, which people say, and that's, that's actually wrong. Um, I mean, it's in, like, the top three or four. It's not like you can't hit home runs there, but... The most hits, the most runs come out of that place. It is the worst possible park for a pitcher. You almost never want to take pitchers in Coors Field, even including guys like Clayton Kershaw. Um, but it is the best possible place for hitters. So every hitter in Coors Field gets bumped up a little bit. You got to think that these San Diego bats are going to be incredibly cheap. You know, Lyles is not a good pitcher. So there might be a contrarian play to take there. You know, they are the home team or uh, the away team in Coors Field. So you know, you're going to get a full nine innings of at bats out, out of them. You know, there's there's a couple guys that would be interesting. Now, if you're going to ask me which ones I want, I don't know. I mean, none of them have really looked all that good to start the season, although they've gotten up against some tough pitchers in the Dodgers. But, you know, Will Myers, Matt Kemp, those are the guys that you probably want to look at. You know, maybe a Jay Spang. I'm just looking at this lineup right now, and I'm like, my God, I don't want to play any of these yeah. guys. But it is Coors Field. You know, I think on the other side, I mean, definitely going to have some shares of Carlos Gonzalez. Really like Nolan Arenado as well. He's a guy that, even though he's a right-handed batter, very good in righty-on-righty situations. You know, I think the, you know, to be a little cheesy here, the story of the beginning of the season right now, shortstop for uh, Colorado. You going to be rolling any Trevor Story out there in your lineups?
2: I don't know. That was cheesy, though, and I liked it. I liked it. Uh, no, I called I, it out first. I guy, called my shot. That's before. the key, right? That's the key. You got to be open about the cheesiness. Now, I, I look at a great story with four homers already. I mean, he's been really impressive. Um, I, I think that he's probably going to be you know, the way these early season algorithms work. And I think you made a great point with that with the Padres, where there could be some undervalued guys there in cores because normally, as you you mentioned, for the newbies or whatever, you know, even the the Padres of the world usually get significant bumps compared to their normal prices when they're out in Colorado. Everybody does. Um, But because they haven't scored yet this year and because it's been really rough to start, I I think there's a chance that maybe there could be – some some hidden value there and i think cargo a great call with the uh you know 394 woba versus righty's career 416 woba home career Uh, i think that's a really nice play there uh all right before we move on here to the afternoon slate benny i just wanted to to tell you that mlb season is here and that means that daily fantasy baseball is back go to fandle.com building a team is easy Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. Uh, Even Benny and his cheesiness is allowed to play. Uh, FanDuel, and, and and that's what it's worth. It's great. Uh, we, have, we have a lot of fun with it. And, uh, of course, remember, join over one million other users who have already won money. It's never too late to join. Come play with me every day over at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use my promo code, RW Pod and sign up now. That's RW Pod. Special offer for new users. Get a free six month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. It's a great deal. Uh, you must sign up with, again, my promo code RW Pod. That's over $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget, use my code RW Pod. That's RW Pod. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F A N D U L. F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot com. Sign up today. Benny, I was doing a real good job there until the end. I screwed it up at the end there.
3: I did <laughs> That's the all right. Best. You did- I did
2: the best I could.
3: It would have been a lot better than if I had read it. So.
2: There we go. All right. See, look at that. Now, now you're making me feel better. I feel good now. All right, Benny, let's move on to the, uh, the night slate of games here. Again, a full slate. We're only through four, so a long way to go. Uh, Tampa Bay heading into Baltimore. Chris Archer taking on Chris Tillman in a battle of Chris's where one is significantly better than the other, Benny.
3: Yeah, I mean, Chris Archer last year was very good. Had about a 220 batting average to both sides of the plate. Uh, Left-handed bats only had a 107 whip against them. He had a 121 whip against right-handed bats, so I'm not really looking to target anybody on Baltimore. Uh, Chris Davis and Manny Machado are the two guys that stand out that do well against right-handed pitching, but... You know, again, there's so many softer spots here that I don't think you really need to mess around. But if you're looking for a tournament play that might be low-owned, I mean, Chris Davis's power plays against anybody, and Machado and ready-on-ready situations can mash as well. So definitely not in cash games, but, you know, again, if you're looking to do something, Camden Yards, great hitters park, those would kind of be some long-shot guys that you can take a look at.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. Not a not a lot in this game that excites me. Definitely not going up against uh, Archer if I could avoid it. Steven Seuss has been hot start the season, but he's better against lefties than righties. Logan Forsyth may be a nice kind of under-the-radar play for the Rays going up against Tillman, but I think for the most part I'm with you. I think you maybe play Archer or uh, or no one from this one. Uh,
3: all right, Benny, moving on. Let me throw in uh, Corey Dickerson. I like a little ah, bit. Ah, that's a the,
2: good call. That's a good lefty power bat there.
3: You know, I and I like it because they're in Baltimore. Remember, they started the season in Tampa Bay, which is not an easy place to hit in. They're going to Baltimore, which is a much better place to hit. And, you know, Dickerson, I don't know if I can really trust his numbers because he played in Coors Field last year. So the numbers that you look at 398 Woba, 280 ISO, I think he had against Wrighties last year, they're a little bit inflated from Coors Field. So they look good. He's worth mentioning, but. I'm still waiting to see how that transfers to him, you know, with the park downgrade that he got leaving course.
2: All right, let's move on to Toronto. Boston heading into Toronto to take on the Jays. We got Rick Porcello, or I guess uh, with the rain out today, that could push it back as well. Either way, we know Marcus Stroman will be pitching for the Jays. Anyone jump out here, Ben?
3: Yeah, Stroman's actually pretty good. Uh, You know, we have a limited sample size on him over the past couple years, but he's somebody that I'm not really – you know, looking to target too many guys against the one guy who stands out for the Red Sox anytime they go up against the right handed uh pitcher, they are up in Toronto, which is a great hitter's ballpark. Um, it's probably David Ortiz. He's got a 430, he had a 413 woba and a 320 iso score against right handed pitching last year. So he's the only guy on Boston I'm looking at. And then on the Toronto side, whether it's Joe Kelly or Rick Porcello, I want a lot, I want a lot of these bats on the Toronto side. I like. You know, Encarnacion, uh, Batista, Donaldson. Um, Donaldson, just be careful. He did leave the game early the other day, so I'm not sure if he's going to be in there or if he's 100%. Um, make sure you take a look at that before lineups lock. I don't want anybody getting zero and coming back and yelling at me. But if he's active, Tulo, Calabello... I mean, all these guys had WOBAs over 360 last year. They all had ISO scores 250 and above, some of them up into the 300s. And they're playing at home in Toronto. We know this lineup can mash. Obviously, they're better against left-handed pitching, but they're just as good against weak right-handed pitching. So... To me, all those guys are in play. They all deserve to be, um, you know, guys you can look at. And I have no problem if you decide you want to stack up Toronto bats tomorrow too.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm not a big fan of Kelly or Porcello. Uh, Michael Saunders, an under-the-radar name, hits right. Uh, hits right. He's relatively well and has, has been decent to start the season. But, again, uh, not not a super exciting uh, uh Red Sox action tomorrow because I'm with you. I think Marcus Stroman is really, really good. Alright, heading to Cincinnati, the uh, undefeated Cincinnati Reds host the undefeated Pittsburgh Pirates uh, Francisco Liriano against Alfredo Simon Liriano obviously looked awesome in, uh, in the opener for them uh, guessing though you're going to be uh, taking some hitters against Alfredo Simon here
3: yeah, I mean, not messing around with Liriano. He's a guy that I, I like and I'm probably going to be rolling out there a little bit uh, on this slate. Simon, though, I think we can target guys against. You know, Jaso leading off, left-hander, hits right-handed pitching really well, had about a 360 Woba, not a ton of power, but I think he actually did have a, a decent ISO score, a couple home runs against righties last year. So he's somebody I like up top. You know, McCutcheon hits right-handed pitching pretty well, 376 Woba, 200 ISO last year for him. Uh, Gregory Polanco, another guy that I like to use against right-handed pitching. So there's probably going to be a couple guys there. And I mean, Simon is kind of that bad. You know, last year, left-handed batters hit 289 against them. And he gave up 16 homers in 106 innings. There aren't really a ton of left-handed batters that they have on this Pittsburgh team. But, you know, like I said, all those guys would be in play for me. And I like McCutcheon in the righty-on-righty matchup because he's pretty good in those as well.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. Polanco was my one of my top names. I, I love that matchup for him. He really does hit righties well. And and my notes, as you said, for Alfredo Simon not being very good, on my notes I just have Alfredo Simon is awful, quote-unquote. So I, I think that says it all. Uh, I'm with you, though, about Liriano as well. I think that's a nice spot for a potential win. Going up against not the best lineup. So uh, And obviously he had the 10 strikeouts on opening day, so a lot of strikeout upside in there as well, which is, which is always helpful for FanDuel. All right, Ben, let's keep it rolling. We are heading to Atlanta as the uh, winless St. Louis Cardinals take on the Braves' Jaime Garcia versus Matt Whistler. Uh, who you you liking this one? Yeah, I don't think
3: anybody should be rolling anybody on Atlanta out there tomorrow. Uh, the thing about Garcia is... He's a guy that gets a lot of ground balls. You know, his ground ball, the fly ball ratio is almost three to one, meaning that, you know, he, he keeps the ball in the infield a lot. So this is not a game where I think anybody on Atlanta, which is a bad hitter's ballpark to begin with that they're in, is going to put up any big numbers. I think you can look at some guys on the St. Louis side. Uh, Whistler last year allowed a 327 batting average to left-handed bats. Uh, his whip against lefties was 1.97, and they hit 10 home runs in only 48 innings of work for him. So I definitely think the left-handed bats are going to be in play here for the Cardinals. So top of the lineup, guy like Matt Carpenter is going to be in play. Uh, Colton Wong, depending on where they bat him in the lineup, they, bat, they hit him sixth the other night. Last year, for a good portion of the season, he was hitting in the two holes. So I would like him a lot more if he was up towards the top of the order. If he's going to be down in sixth, he's still an okay play, but not as nice. Um, Brandon Moss or, or Matt Adams, whoever gets to start at, at first base, whichever one of those left-handers they roll out there, Moss um, has been hitting cleanup for them lately so if he's in a cleanup hole lefty righty matchup here I think he's the other guy I really want to have some exposure to
2: I agree with everything you said so let's just roll on to the next game going down to Milwaukee the Houston Astros heading to Miller Park to play the Brewers who you like
3: yeah I mean Chase Anderson not really the greatest uh you know pitcher going up there on the mound uh right-handed bats and left-handed bats both hit him pretty well last year he gave up a 280 average to righty so Carlos Correa and George Springer are two guys who I really like. Um, two young guys they have in the Astros. Both guys have big bats. Correa has been smashing home runs against my Yankees all all weekend so far to start the season. So I'm gonna have shares of both of those guys in in tournaments and Correa even in cash. I think.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I, Correa, jeez, Louise, man, that guy is just insane. All he does is just put up numbers. Um, So I'm with you. We talked about Cray yesterday as well. There's really nothing else from that game that jumps out. I like Domingo Santana a little bit, just the way he's been playing, but – I'd rather have him up against a lefty than a righty like Feldman, even though Feldman, not very scary. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I pretty much agree with what you said there as well. Let's keep trucking on. We head down to the world champs. The Kansas City Royals host the Minnesota Twins. Big Irv, Santana on the hill, taking on fire-breathing Jordana Ventura. Who are you liking this one, Benny?
3: Yeah, I mean, I really don't like – Minnesota at all. Uh Ventura, if you're gonna attack him, it usually wants to be left-handed bats. I know Mauer jacked a home run yesterday, but he's really the only left-handed bat that scares me at all on that Minnesota team, and he doesn't even really scare me that much. So nobody on Minnesota. On the other side for Kansas City, Santana's usually worse against left-handed bats. They had a 260 batting average, but a whip of 1.4 against them last year. He had a lot of walks to some of the left-handed batters that he faced. So He would that would probably be the way I'd go after him. So maybe a guy like, uh, you know, Morales or Hosmer, um, you know, that would probably be the way I go after him. But there's not a lot of guys jumping off the page. I don't usually like to take a lot of bats in Kansas City. It's not a, a great ballpark for home runs, although they do rack up a lot of hits, but mostly because that team never strikes out.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, honestly, that was my exact thought from the game. There are a couple lefties. Hosmer is a decent play. Moustakis is usually really undervalued on FanDuel, uh, but even still no one that really jumps out as, as too exciting. Uh, a game that does have some some much more exciting names in it from a hitting perspective is the Chicago Cubs heading into Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. Uh, who do you expect to jump out in this one?
3: Yeah, well, Hamill allowed right-handed bats to hit 16 home runs in 95 innings of work uh, last year. So about one home run every six innings. Righty on righty, he gave up a, a 250 batting average, which I think was actually his worst of the two splits. So that kind of screamed Goldie to me. So I think that this will be a decent game for you know Paul Goldschmidt. He's always somebody that's owned. I don't know if I'd go to him in cash, but you definitely need some tournament exposure to this guy. You know, Hamill does give up a lot of home runs, so I think he's in play. And then the other guy who I consider a home run hitter on that team, I think you can look at David Peralta as well. Uh, 397 wOBA, 228 ISO score against right-handed pitching last year. Now he's hitting in the cleanup spot. He's hitting behind Goldie. Been getting on, um, getting up a lot with guys on base, so I think he's somebody else that I'm going to be used in a lot this year. His price still hasn't really caught up to his new role either, so I like that about him as well.
2: Yeah, he had a three the Woba versus uh, right-handed pitchers last year. I like Peralta a lot. Hitting behind Goldie in the cleanup spot is, is a really nice play there. Uh, I'll flip over to the other side and talk about a couple Cubs I like. Uh, Chris Bryant, I think, is one of the obvious plays here going up against the lefty, Robbie Ray. In Arizona, uh, I think you could easily see Bryant go yard. And Dexter Fowler hits uh, lefties better than righties. And um, I I like the matchup there. Fowlers look good to start the season, leading off on top of that potent, potent lineup. Uh, So I could see some some runs being scored in this game. Hamill, uh, you know, he's been better at Wrigley than outside of it. So uh, I I like where you're going with that, especially I think Goldie, I think, you know, it's like Korea. It's one of those guys where it's, you know, even if the price is exorbitant, it's 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 so rarely not worth it that, you know, especially in tournaments, you, you really want to consider that. All right, uh, we have three games left to go, Benny, all of these starting at 10.05 or later. 10.05, A.J. Griffin versus Matt Shoemaker as the Texas Rangers head to Anaheim. Uh, what do you think about this one, Ben?
3: You know, Schumacher, Schumacher last year gave up 24 homers in 135 innings pitched. So I think you can look at some of the power bets on on Texas. So, you know, I want to say Prince Fielder, but if you look at his last season, he did not flash all that much power. Uh, Adrian Beltre does hit good in righty-on-righty situations. Does hit well, I should say, in righty-on-righty situations. Uh, So he could be in play. Maybe Shinsu Chu would be somebody else you can take a look look at. But, you know, you kind of want guys that can hit a home run against Shoemaker. That's basically been his uh, Achilles heel, so... That would be who I'd look at on the Texas side. On the other side, I honestly don't know much about A.J. Griffin. Um, So I don't really know who I really want to target. All I know is, other than Mike Trout, as we talked about yesterday, that is a very, very weak lineup. You know, Maybe you can put Pujols in there as well, but outside of the two of them, I don't think there's many guys I'm going to be using on the Angels at all this year.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way. I like some of those Texas hitters you mentioned. Uh, Shoemaker was worse against left-handers. Odor, Roofnet Odor is another nice play there. He was running a little bit, too. But uh, on the Angels' side, I, I think I'd roll Cole Calhoun out. He hits righties relatively well, nice spot in the lineup. So I think I'd consider Calhoun based on the pricing. Uh, and, and if you don't know about A.J. Griffin, let me tell you, he's awful. So I think that's pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he's not like, you know, he, he was a guy who people thought might be better, and then he had some rough injuries and has never really kind of put it together. Former Oakland A, but um, two games left to go. Uh, not great pitching involved here. Uh, Oakland at Seattle. Taiwan Walker, okay for Seattle. But then Eric Surkamp back in the major leagues pitching for Oakland. Uh, lefty there out in, uh, in Oakland. Anyone jumping out to you in this one?
3: Yeah, I mean, Walker is actually somebody who I think is interesting to use from a pitching perspective. He was very good at home in Seattle last year. So, you know, I think he's somebody that might be in play for me. On the other side, though, if you're looking at bats, uh, bats in Seattle going up against a lefty, Nelson Cruz is always a guy that sticks out to me whenever they go up against left handed pitching. He absolutely killed left handed pitching last year. Woba over 400. I think his ISO score was over 300. Had a ton of home runs in less than, I think he had like 12 or 13 home runs in less than 150 at bats. So anytime you see a lefty going up against Seattle, he's the first name that pops off the page uh... frankly gutierrez also had really good numbers last year against left handed pitching he hits a little bit lower in the order is usually much cheaper when you're trying to round out your lineups he hasn't really had a great start so far to this year but he's the other guy that i always think of remember that seattle team for the longest time could not hit left-handed pitching because they had all those lefties in the lineup so they went out and got some of those righty bats like the two guys we just mentioned um, also, Kettle Marte, the shortstop that they have over there, is another guy who does pretty well against left handed pitching. So, for me, those would be the three guys I'd look at on Seattle.
2: I like it. We got a Goot chat out. Gutierrez, Franklin Gutierrez, former Indian back in the day, good fielder. Uh, has never really seemed to reach that level of hitting that people had hoped from him. Mm. But uh, my notes, uh, not to go again you know, to the notes, but my notes just say Nelson Cruz. That was it.
3: <laughs> so yeah. uh, I'm
2: I'm dead with you there. I think. So no, he's
3: he's the clear. I mean, anytime they face the lefty, Nelson Cruz should be on your radar because he has been that dominant the last two seasons against left-handed pitching.
2: I like it. We got a Goot chat out Gutierrez, Franklin Gutierrez, former Indian back in the day. Good fielder uh, has never really seemed to reach that level of hitting that people had hoped from him. But uh, my notes, uh, not to go again, you know, to the notes, but my notes just say Nelson Cruz. That was it. <laughs> so I'm I'm dead with you there. I think it's great.
3: Yeah, to be honest, I couldn't even find too much information on him when I was trying to figure out, you know, who I actually wanted to take against him. He's whenever right-handed, you have a,
2: that's all. Yeah, I, I was going to say, <laughs> whenever you
3: have a righty, I usually look at the lefties. So on San Francisco now, you got Span and Panic up top leading off for them. You know, Posey's good against righties and lefties, so I think he'd be somebody you can take a look at too. Uh, Brandon Belt, who... Has a pretty nice start to the season, and I think he's going to be a sneaky good guy. His price is still a little cheap on some fantasy sites out there. So I think he's somebody that should be on your radar against right handed pitching. And then, even on the other side, I mean, I don't know if Matt Kane is back yet. And just remembering (laughs) from last year, I think this whole Dodger team is in play, don't you?
2: Oh, yeah, and especially a crappy one like Eric Serkamp. So makes it makes it even easier, Benny. All right, Benny, the last game of the day, ten fifteen start. The Dodgers head to the Giants. Uh, Matt Kane for the Giants, a familiar name, trying to, to get back to where he once was. And then and a much less familiar name, Ross Stripling or Stripling? To be honest, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, Benny.
3: Yeah, to be honest, I couldn't even find too much information on him when I was trying to figure out, you know, who I actually wanted to take against him.
2: He's right handed, that's all. Yeah, I, I was gonna say <laughs> whenever you have
3: a righty, I usually look at the lefties. So on San Francisco now, you got Span and Panic up top leading off for them. You know, Posey's good against righties and lefties, so I think he'd be somebody you can take a look at too. Uh Brandon Belt, who has a pretty nice start to the season and I think is gonna be a sneaky good guy. His price is still a little cheap on some fantasy sites out there. So I think he's somebody that should be on your radar against right-handed pitching. And then even on the other side, I mean, I don't know if Matt Cain is back yet. He's and not. just remembering <laughs> from last year, I think this whole Dodger team is in play. Don't you?
2: Yeah. hundred percent. I, I'm, I think Matt Kane is a shell of what he once was. And I, I think that he's not going to get back to anywhere close to that. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see another season from Matt came where he, you know, has 5 10 starts and that's it and and never really recovers it. But uh, yeah, I think that whole Dodgers lineup, especially with the you know being left-handed heavy, you gotta like Adrian Gonzalez here. You gotta like you know Chase Utley who's been leading off, and you know what? Even even though he's a righty, you gotta like Las- Yasiel Puig. I mean, he has looked great. You're reading a lot of stuff about a different approach and how well he's handling stuff and how much he's meshing with Dave Roberts. And and granted, that's all anecdotal type stuff, but. I think we all know that the talent with that guy is there and, and you know They
3: actually moved him up to the three hole today. Did that and you. yeah, and one other guy who, who you didn't mention who I love too, I mean, Seeger's been awesome to start yes. the year too.
2: Yes. He's just a great hitter, that kid.
3: Oh, I'd love it, and he's a lefty, so it's a it's the perfect matchup for him against kane and remember Kane gave up he only pitched sixty innings last year and he gave up twelve home runs and had a high batting average, you know three hundred to both sides of the plate so you know I know he was even when he was good a couple years ago, he wasn't really that good. And he is no longer that guy anymore. He's, you know, a shell of his former son. They got a couple of those guys that are a little bit past their prime there in San Francisco. Oh, Didn't yeah. they throw PV today too?
2: Yeah, they did. They did. No, And I agree. And and Kane was always that guy who was, you know, all the all the advanced analytics, all that stuff, nothing ever supported what he was doing. But he found a way to get outs and, and you know, props to him. But I definitely think the downfall of Matt Kane was a long time coming, and I don't think he's going back up. Um, so yeah, I think I think everyone is in play in that game. Really, the only thing you don't like is that it's in San Francisco, not the best hitters park. But I mean, that Giants offense has come out hot to start the season. They hit, they make tons of contact. I mean, Duffy and Panic and all these—they have all these guys who are just really annoying if you're playing against them. So uh, yeah, I, I like everyone in that game. All right, uh, Benny. Before we get out of here, real quick, we we both already kind of hit the high end. I think we both agree, Jacob Degrom. Uh, The top high end guy on the board, but um, and I think we're both big fans of Marcus Stroman and that kind of next tier down. Uh, Who who in that? If you had to, if you're saying I'm going to put the best offensive lineup money can buy on the field, and I'm going to I'm going to take a flyer. What pitch are you taking a flyer with today?
3: I don't know the pricing. I haven't really looked at it yet. I just did some of the research. If guys like, I'll give you a couple names. If Walker's cheap, I think he's somebody you want to look at. I think if you can get uh, Garcia cheap, he's somebody you want to look at. You know, you're going to have to pay up for, like, the Lirianos and, and, and those guys. You know, if, if Stroman is kind of cheap, I, I think he's somebody you can look at. You know, I like those guys. I like Salazar. I like the Grom. And I like um, Liriano. The, that's pretty much the six guys that I have on my list here that I'm looking at for tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I forgot to mention Liriano, but I, I like him a lot as well, especially against that lineup, left-handed heavy, and, and obviously looked good. He didn't like Big Irv that much in Kansas City, but strictly based on the, the matchup and the ballpark and, and the fact that Irv was all right over the end of last season— I mean, I'd consider rolling him out, but I wouldn't be super excited about it. But another guy we mentioned before, Jared Eikhoff. Uh, I don't think he's quite as bad as his numbers suggested last season. Uh, You know, he actually was pretty good uh, over the last... Here, I'll give you his last four starts of the season, September 12th, 1925th, and then October 1st. Seven innings in all four of them gave up three total runs over the four starts and had eight strikeouts, five strikeouts, then back-to-back 10 strikeout games. So uh, I think that Eichoff could be sneaky, and I don't think that Mets lineup is that good that, you know, he might not be worth uh, uh, a flyer. as so He'll probably be one of the, the lower price guys, or at least towards that bottom. Mm -hmm.
3: No, that makes some sense.
2: I'll have to look into that a little deeper. All right, Benny, so that's going to do it for us. Benny and I will be back with you next week. Benny's going to be back with you like every second. He's doing all kinds of pods all over the place for us, but uh, I will be back with Benny next Wednesday. Keep listening. We'll be bringing the RotoWire DFS podcast for you every day to, to get you guys ready for FanDuel and go out and make some money and and uh, have some fun. So, Benny, again, thank you. We will talk next week. And this has been the MLB RotoWire DFS podcast for April 8th. We'll talk to you later.
0: Duralast batteries are proven tough in the most extreme conditions. They're tested to start in 140-degree heat or temperatures of 40 below. Yep, they're that tough. So if they can do that, they can definitely perform for your nephew's soccer game. Work through a scattered thunderstorm, or be dependable on Sunday afternoon trips to the grocery store. Because no matter what the weather's like, it's nice to know that you've got a proven tough Duralast battery under the hood.
1: Duralast. Proven tough.
0: And sold only at
1: AutoZone. Hood's up, America.
2: Get in the zone. AutoZone.
1: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement.